You're watching No Go Zone with Henry. Welcome back, gentlemen and ladies. Hope you're doing well. Welcome to November. No nuts. November. I guess it is. It's uh, almost here at the end of 2023. Holy smokes. Two months to go. Yule uh, is coming up before you know it. If in the U.S. and Canada, right? Uh, Thanksgiving, that's coming up in between as well. And speaking of which, hope you had a great Halloween. Uh, if you celebrated, uh, here's some of the fascinating encounters that's happening uh, in very diverse, enriched zones. This <laughs> Isn't that, isn't that lovely? Taking all the candle and then give you the finger right after. All right. Uh, and of course, what, could, what in the world could be the reason why you want to live all with your own ethnic group? I wonder what, wonder what that could be again. Anyway, diversity, I guess, is a continuing thread here today as we keep co- covering how w- the West is reacting, how conservatives are acting, uh, and how some uh, Jews are reacting as well to all the diverse, enriched in diversity. Uh, in the Western world. Uh, have they learned their lesson? Will they ask, what have we done? What did we do? Uh, I don't think so. We'll see. We'll uh, we'll try to lay that out for you here today. We'll see what uh, what goes on. Anyway, if you do want to join us today, enterpcm.live slash TV. Send us a super chat. Send us some shekels. You can do it at a as a hyper chat on odyssey.com slash at TV or Rumble Rants. at rumble.com slash user slash TV. Uh, anyway, so what you... Uh, See what you think as we go through some of this. I found uh, one site showing some of the operations in Gaza here today. Of course, this is like, you know, kind of like the sanitized version of this, right? Uh, but anyway, just just if you're curious, you know, kind of from their point of view here, check check some of this footage out here. IDF is going into uh, what northern. Uh, there is a, there is a entrance I think in the south now as well, but uh, I think this is what did the title say? Is that southern? It doesn't say, actually, in the text here, I think. Anyway. Like nothing left of these buildings here. Just a couple of bombs. It's all good. I guess they're back to uh, bombing hospitals again or something like that. Oh, that's some Russian stuff. No, wait a minute. IDF operations in Gaza. Is this another one? Follow up? No, this is a Russian one. Okay. Uh, here we go. Here's another one. Southern Command. That's right. This is the Southern one, right? Southern Command for the IDF given orders to attack. Uh, let me do this real quick here. Oh, I can read it while uh, you guys watch it here. Good, good. So what is it here? Southern command units says uh, the following: We are striking against Hamas and the terrorist organization in the Gaza Strip. Our only goal: victory. Which, of course, is what extermination of everybody, right? Uh, no matter how long and no matter how hard the fighting will be, there is no other outcome than victory. We will fight with professional and strength, profession and strength, based on the principles of the Israeli Defense Forces that we were instilled, uh, that were instilled in us. And in their forefront, dedication to mission and pursuit of victory. We will fight in alleys. We will fight in tunnels. This is this the uh, <laughs> is this the uh, the uh, 
uh, the British uh, version here of it, right? We were, we were fighting on the beaches. What's the drunk's name again? Holy smokes, that's how uh, memorable he is, huh? Uh, everyone's, everyone's been referring to him too, by the way, haven't they? Oh, we're all Churchill now. Every, every, everybody's Churchill. Uh, Zelensky is Churchill when he's fighting. Uh, of course, Netanyahu is Churchill as well. Anyway, we will fight in the tunnels, in the alleys. We will fight wherever necessary. We will eliminate the abominable enemy before whom we stand. Uh, and there's something else there anyway. Alright, so that's it. That's how it, uh, that's how some of the sanitized versions looked uh, out there. You might uh, might have an interest in seeing some of that. <clears throat> now, let's get, uh, let's get on to the important stuff here. This is fa- uh, fascinating here. Uh, Churchill. That's his name, that's right. Oh, okay. <clears throat> they baked a baby in an oven here, says uh, John Pod... I'm going to say Podhertz, but I think it's Podhoretz. Podhoretz. They baked a baby in an oven. They baked a baby in an oven. They baked a baby in an oven. Say ceasefire one more time, you fucking baby-murdering, loving ghouls. He seems to have uh, lost his cool here. Uh, John Podhoretz. Fascinating. All oh, right, Ryan Dawson's there. Oh, look, co-founder of the Weekly Standard, which lied about the Iraq war is now recycling Holocaust propaganda. Yeah, so the, we, there was this uh, back and forth. This is this confirmed what's going on with this, right? Uh, it is true, though. He's. Uh, I'll pull up his wiki in a, in, a, in a bit here. What he did, right? An Israeli first responder recalls tending to the body of a baby burnt in an oven. Um, let me see. Moskowitz had come to Shahura military base near Israel. Blah blah blah. blah. They go there. The baby came from. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, let me see here. Does he say here? Uh, in the beginning. Yeah, here it is. Moskowitz had come to Shahura military base near the central Israeli city of Ram- Ramle as a volunteer with the Unit Hatzala Emergency Response Corps. The base had been transformed into a center for identifying those killed in the October 7th massacre by Hamas, the terror group that controls Gaza. Moskowitz was soon pulled into the gruesome task of helping to unload and transfer dozens of bodies that arrived uh, there. The baby came from Kibbutz Kafar Aza, one of the communities hardest hit in the attack. It arrived in a small bag whose contents told a grim story, a tiny body burnt and swollen with the telltale marks from being pressed against a heating element. They took the baby and put it literally in a kitchen oven, Moskowitz said in a video testimony recounting the assessment of the professional staff at the base. The video was recorded at Hatzala's request to preserve a first-hand account of what Moskowitz saw. So the video of him doing the, the autopsy and the analysis, I would assume. As it was shared with the Jewish Telegraph Agency on Tuesday, the video, one of several recordings of the Hatzala volunteers described what they saw, had not been made public. As of Tuesday afternoon, <clears throat> the body hardened and unfortunately appeared to have swollen, he said, and really the heating element of the oven was on the body itself. Uh, and then they go on there. So anyway, so this is one guy who says he confirmed my name is Asher Moskowitz. Uh, he's the head of the Elad branch over there. Uh, and he, uh, conf- he he allegedly confirmed that. Uh, here we go then. Hamas did not bake a baby in an oven, Israeli journalist reports. There <clears throat> we go. Two Israeli journalists have confirmed that the story about Hamas, quote, baking a baby in an oven is a total hoax and pure atrocity propaganda. The fake story was spread by 
hysterical pro-Israeli propagandist all over social media to justify Israel committing war crimes in Gaza. And of course, uh, all our friend here, John Potterhurts, our greatest ally. Uh, here's others recounting this, right? Duvid Ifun, uh, Carolyn Glick, they baked a Jewish baby. Uh, here's a couple of other ones. The tall tale was one of many that came from Eli Beer, president and founder of United Hatzalah of Israel, when he was speaking to the Republican Jewish Coalition over the weekend. We saw, I actually haven't seen this, we saw a little baby in the oven. Uh, let's play this here. We saw the most horrific things. I saw in my own eyes a woman who was pregnant, four months pregnant. She was in a little village, a little kibbutz. They came into her house in front of her kids. They opened up her stomach. She was pregnant. They opened up her stomach, took out the baby and stabbed the little tiny baby in front of her and then shot her in front of her family. And then they killed the rest of the kids. These are not regular enemies. These are not regular situations. I saw little kids who are beheaded. We didn't know which head belongs to which kid. I was crying for five days straight. I couldn't get out. Of, I couldn't stop crying. See, little children, some of them had grandparents who were Holocaust survivors and they were murdered in a Holocaust in Israel in 2023. <clears throat> little babies, little children, you couldn't even recognize if they were kids. They couldn't, we couldn't even recognize we saw a little baby in an oven. They put them in, these bastards put these babies in an oven and put on the oven. We found the kid a few hours later. We found women who were raped, young girls who were raped and then murdered. Anyone who was around these people was murdered or kidnapped. We found the little, little twins, 10, year, 10 months old, twins. 14 hours after their parents were murdered, the mother of these twins was hiding together with the twins in the bomb shelter for two hours. Six o'clock, they ran into the, into, when they heard the missiles and they heard the shooting, they ran into the bomb shelter in Kfar Aza, where 60% of the people were murdered. Beautiful little village, peaceful village. And they, they were hiding in the shelter and then the- Peacefully occupying. The kids were so hungry, so peacefully occupying the land. The starving, the kids were crying, 10 months old. So the mother went out to get some food for the children, and the terrorists were waiting outside, and they caught her. I don't want to clip we played. Was, they could have, most of them could have died from friendly fire. Remember that clip we played? Uh, but I thought that was, a, wasn't that a Seth Rogen joke? Remember that line? Uh, let me see here. I'll let him uh, speak here. Seth Rogen, everybody. Got another little Jew in the oven? Ah, all right. Okay. Uh, thank you, Eli Beer. That's, uh, what's that, a Republican Jewish committee here, or whatever they're called, Repu something like that. Founder, president of United Hatzalah for joining RJC uh, for our annual leadership summit and for your tremendously moving recitation of the Misrehabirish for the brave heroic soldiers. Uh, of the IDBA. The story was debunked by journalist Izhei Cohen from the Israeli news website Kikar Hashabat. There is a certain story that has been published on social networks in recent weeks, Oven. From checking with the IDF, Zakura, Shura Camp, and more, you don't know of such an event. 
spreading incorrect stories will harm Israeli propaganda. <clears throat> I guess we, <laughs> we, get, we get what he means, right? Uh, translation's a bit wonky, uh, Google, right? There are so many stories and documentation of horrors that there is no need for inaccurate additions. See, that's what I, I've been saying that too. Isn't it, why, do they, why do they have to embellish like this? Right? All right. Anyway, there is, and I, that's what the translation is. Uh, let me see here. Here's a continuation here. I write carefully. There are so many stories about the atrocity of Hamas, worse than ISIS, Nazi Holocaust, genocide cannot be contained, and everything is recorded by terrorist cameras. So you don't have to make up stories about things that didn't happen. Just unnecessary. Fascinating how that was. After I wrote, uh, after checking with all the parties, including the IDF, Zaka, the Minister of Religious Services, Shura, Camp, and more. I guess someone's asking him about the, the claim there. Uh, Chaim Levinson with the Israeli paper Haaretz also debunked the hoax. Uh, Pike's incarnation. I'm not sure, was Pike in this relationship here? Where did the story of the oven come from? Uh, he says here. Uh, El Beer. I guess sometimes spelled beer with two E's, E's, I guess. The president of the Hatzalah organization spoke yesterday at the conference of the Jew, Jews in the Republican Party in Las Vegas. Hell of the weekend. Like any good Jew who sees the rich, he thought about the money and <laughs> told a story that did not exist and was not created about a baby in the oven. Uh, what is beer based on? Obviously, that's his name here, right? Beer. Uh, about one of his volunteers who saw a baby with stove marks lined up in the camp. I checked, did not happen. A journalist present in the crowd tweeted the story. He made him, uh, he made him wings from there. I assume the story like took off on its own or something like that. Here comes a complete idiot bibist, uh, Bibi Netanyahu, uh, Guy Baruth, known as a compulsive spreader of fakes, uh, and in my humble opinion. A person who needs continuous psychiatric treatment on a regular basis. Adding to that the good imagination about him from a baby in the oven and many more stories. He also invents that there is a film and it was, quote, screened for journalists in New York. I remember that too. All right. I know very well the film that was screened for journalists in New York. It was already screened in Israel for journalists here. Never happened and never existed. There is nothing like it. Beer's string culture and the BB's fantasy culture are now giving a huge gift to the Palestinian propaganda machine. The Israelis invent atrocities. Be smarter than them, he says. Don't forget that these propagandists to issue any, uh, for these propagandists to issue any correction, there are still people repeating the Hamas beheaded 40 babies hoax. We know that many of the atrocities from October 7th that Israel blamed on Hamas were actually committed by Israel themselves. Well, that was the friendly, uh, friendly fire stuff, right? A wave of new eyewitness testimonies indicate Israel killed many of its citizens on 10-7 with tanks and hellfire missiles, then exhibited their bodies as proof of Hamas savagery. Prop uh, Co. breaks down my latest investigation in his excellent explainer. How long Have is you this here? Six. We can watch a little bit of this here. Let's see here. Have you seen this video? Inside, we find, we found... Uh, eight babies burned in this corner. An Israeli soldier conducts an interview in front of a destroyed home of a kibbutz. He says Hamas fighters burned babies and then beheaded them. But this is all a lie. And I'm going to prove it to you using Israeli media. Yes, that is right. Israeli media. But first, let's ask an important question. How did the concrete walls of this home behind the soldier turn into rubble? Fires burn wood and other flammable items. They do not collapse concrete structures like this. Children in the same room, then someone come and 
kills them all. 15 girls and teenagers that put in the same room, three hand grenades, and it's over. This is a massacre. Now, the Israelis want you to believe that Hamas fighters did this, but we know that they were only armed with machine guns and small grenade launchers. That doesn't cause this level of damage. So then how did they destroy concrete homes like this? The answer is they didn't. The Israelis did. What? That is shocking. But why? And how would the Israelis do that? Well, Israeli media has all the answers. They interviewed the IDF soldiers who responded to the Hamas attack, and they learned something shocking. The IDF was struggling to handle the Hamas fighters. Tuval Escapa, or however you pronounce his name, a member of the security team for Kibbutz Bieri, set up a hotline to coordinate between Kibbutz residents and the Israeli army. He told the Israeli newspaper Haaretz that as desperation began to set in, the commanders in the field made difficult decisions, including shelling houses on their occupants in order to eliminate the terrorists along with the hostages. These reports indicate that orders came down from the military's high command to attack homes and other areas inside Israel, even at the cost of many Israeli lives. According to Haaretz, the army was only able to restore control over Bieri after admittedly shelling the homes of Israelis who had been taken captive. The price was terrible. At least 112 residents were killed, according to the paper. Others were kidnapped. Now, much of the shelling in Bieri was carried out by Israeli tank crews. As a reporter for the Israeli Foreign Ministry-sponsored outlet I-24 noted during a visit to Bieri. Small and quaint homes bombarded or destroyed, children's toys lying around while maintained lawns of grass ripped up by the tracks of an armored vehicle, perhaps a tank, perhaps a tank, perhaps a tank. In other words, the IDF, in an act of desperation, decided to just kill everyone, including hostages. This is their words, not mine. In fact, Yasmin Porat, an attendee of the Nova Music Festival, who fled into the kibbutz, told Israeli radio that when Israeli special forces yeah, arrived during a hostage standoff, they, quote, eliminated everyone, including yeah. the hostages, because there was very, very heavy crossfire. And it's kind of what we said day one, right? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they are willing to, like, crack a couple of eggs, uh, sacrifice a few of their own, to be honest, and uh, it looks like that's uh, checking out, uh, more or less. <laughs> She goes on to describe how Hamas militants tied her partner's hands behind his back. She saw her partner lying on the ground, still alive. She went on to say that Israeli security forces killed him and other hostages as they opened fire on the remaining militants inside, including with tank shells. <laughs> This is why you see Maybe large that's a second eyewitness uh, actually in the walls sure. of destroyed kibbutz homes. It's why you see homes turn into rubble. And sadly, it's why you find severely burnt bodies of Israeli hostages. But there's more. The well, IDF I, the the photo there, right? I mean, I don't know, right? It's it's very I don't know exactly what how is the body is it possible? But one of the bodies they showed still had hair on it. The entire body was burnt, but it still had hair on it. And it's just kind of odd to me. Okay, we showed you the photo of that, and it's just like, okay, maybe, maybe there's an explanation for that. I'll, I'll take it. But in the meantime, it's all tons of these question marks. But what it looks like 100% is that they embellish, they make up stories, they, they may, must, must make it like a, a, a hundred to, a million to six million times worse than it actually is. And, and then they think that will get us to kind of, you know, get the world on our side. What, what they're learning now is that this is not World War I or even World War II or even the 60s or 70s or, you know, Vietnam or whatever. 
this is a lot of material now that's out there and you know photos and videos and you can see and you can piece together things in hindsight and stuff like that uh it can spread on social media in a different capacity uh that is a big difference are they not i don't know they, they just think they'll control this we'll just push push this line in, in the mainstream media and 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 we'll be good i don't know uh, but this is not looking too good in the propaganda war. Also used Apache attack helicopters. In an interview with Israeli media outlet Mako, an Apache pilot admitted that many of the cars he fired rockets at contained hostages. But wait, there's even more. Israeli security forces also opened fire. Now that was a, that was a burnt body, right? That's like completely torched. Mako, there. an Apache pilot, admitted that many of the cars he fired rockets at contained hostages. But like yeah, like right there. Not some with like hair left on it. And Wait, there's even more. Israeli security forces also opened fire on fleeing Israelis whom they mistook for Hamas gunmen. A resident of Ashkelon named Danielle Rachel described nearly being killed after escaping from the Nova Music Festival when it was attacked by militants. As we reached the roundabout at a kibbutz, we saw Israeli security forces, she recalled. We held our heads down because we automatically knew they'd be suspicious of us in a small beat up car from the same direction the terrorists were coming. Our forces began shooting at us. Lastly, let's discuss how an IDF commander ordered an airstrike on his own position. The very first target the Palestinian fighters attacked was the Erez checkpoint. The attack was so fierce that the IDF commander, Avi Rosenfeld, in an act of desperation, he called for an airstrike on his own position. The IDF bombed their own base in order to kill the Palestinian militants. So what should we take from all this? Do we absolve Hamas of their actions on October 7th? Of course not. None of this would have happened had they not attacked. Now, whether or not they have the right to resist occupation and apartheid with the use of force is a topic for another video. Nothing to do with apartheid, by the way. This is not a part. This is a completely different level. But yeah, that, that, here's where the here's where the shit lib of uh, Max Blumenthal and his uh, uh, propaganda co or whatever his name is. Who is that? The full name? No. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. Anyway, so that's uh, that's how it goes like that. Uh, interesting, right? Um. Now, yeah, yeah, I mean, you have this too. I'm, I'm glad they're on this tra uh, track now. Look at that, Michael Tracy, right? Amalek, they, they, they're starting to, to know. A lot of noticing going on here, folks. Netanyahu declaring invasion. We must remember that what Amalek has done to use as our holy Bible. Uh, and of course, sometimes, you know, Amalek is like, you know, the, this, the West, right? Sometimes they call us Edom. We'll return to this a little bit later in the show too. There's plenty of rabbis out there talking, you know, these terms. And of course, now Bibi is lining up this too. Um, Adam Adam Green, no more news. He, he's followed this trail, of course, for, for a long time, right? But this is a war between lightness, light and darkness, you know, evil and, and uh, you know, good, good and evil. And it's these, you know, Star Wars term. It's, it's, it's Hollywood terms, right? That's what they're using here. Uh, but anyway, let's play a little bit of this. You must remember what Amalek has done to you, says our Holy Bible. And we do remember and we are fighting our brave troops and combatants who are now in Gaza or around Gaza and in all other regions in Israel are joining this chain of Jewish heroes, a chain that has started 3,000 years ago from Joshua ben Nun until the heroes of 1948, the sixth... Didn't Moses kill like a number of his own people? Wasn't that one of the thing in this the the book that they wrote? Um, right, he's worship. They were worshiping, worshiping like the golden calf or something. 
and they come back and kill a bunch of their own. It's funny how there's like we're the more enlightened to the nations and tikam olam and we're the righteous ones, we're the we're the morality of the world, blah blah blah. And then you just like go on and kill a bunch of their own people, and then they drag out the scorched bodies, parade them in front of the press, and telling them this is what the other guy did. I remember someone just told me once, you know, and this was like you know when we looked into some of the claims. Uh, regarding World War II and what happened and the supply lines and the concentration camps and the labor camps and, you know, all these kinds of things. And someone just said, and I was like, what, what? but it doesn't make sense. Like, why? why? And, it, and and he said, I forget who the guest was. And he just say, because they just lie. <laughs> and it was this like an obvious coin that I was like, huh. Okay. You know, it's like, here, here, here I am, you know, living in Sweden, you know, high trust society. Uh, it is like, sure, you might have told it like a white lie or something, but it's about something like so fundamental to like something that's like a world altering, you know what I mean, uh, trajectory that's ended up, and it says, they lie. <laughs> Sometimes they, they lie. Huh, okay, oh, well, that, 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 could, that could explain some things then, to be honest. Could you, you know, f physics and, uh, you know, science, you try to piece things together. This doesn't make sense of how do we, oh, okay, that's lies. Okay, huh. How about that? Uh, now, is everything like no? It's, it's, there, I, I'm sure there are atrocities on the other side. We've said this from from day one. Considering how they've been treated, I'm sure that they would want to do some stuff, right? But then there's this odd, you know, 40, 40 people beheaded and stuff, and the people. Well, can we can we see the evidence? Yeah, you know, we're kind of going to World War Three here. Can we can we see some of this, please? Like, it, we still wouldn't justify World War Three, but I'm saying, you know, still, right? You think that's what... No, you can't see it. Same thing with this special screening. Was that last week? We looked at that last Wednesday show. Uh, it's kind of very, very odd, right? But so this has gone back and forth in terms of like, the, you know, confirming, not confirming. Syrian girl here claimed uh, that they stole this story from the Nakba, uh, where Israelis threw a Palestinian child in the oven. You know, can they be embellished, uh, the story? Uh, it's true, right? His name was Hamed. Throw your wait a minute. It's going back and forth. The Jews were inside the bakery here. The Arabs are sitting on the ground, and each one had their arms and uh, head like this. They, the Jews, were telling the story. His name was Hamad. Throw your son into the oven. Throw your son into the oven. I guess the uh, Israeli said. He replied, "I will not throw my son into the oven." He told, "Grill him." They hit. Hug Hamid on his head and took the child and threw him into the oven. I saw this scene, and then he starts crying there. I saw this scene and couldn't find any more strength. And they took the father and threw him after the son. Told him, Father, son, I sat down to myself, they were going to catch me, so I started running. I think that's it. Yeah, it starts over right there. Okay. I'm not sure what the what the oven stories with all these people is. Is it is is, is there any truth to this? Uh, yes, I said it's 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 possible, right? Uh, let me see here. Here it is from the soldier's mouth. If you think his account is fake, listen to the words of the Israeli terrorists themselves. <laughs> oh, it's this one. That's right. Yeah, Amitzer Cohen. Uh, let me see. One we need one simple thing is this one. Let me skip forward here, because... Let me see here. What about the... Is it the oven story here? <laughs> oh, gosh. 
They took them like cows in front of them and killed them. Yeah, we've played some of this testimony before, right? Birth of a nation. There you go. Yeah, because Israel is the KKK. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, you get that shit lib talking points at the other side, which is annoying, right? Uh, oh, this guy. Yeah, he was. Here we go. Surrounded the barbed wire. Was this the guy who said that there were? Uh, there we go. After some guys took a flamethrowers and ran after them and incinerated. Well, this is technically not an oven then, right? He incinerated them with a flamethrower. I guess that's what uh, Syrian girl was talking about there. But anyway, so yeah. So anyway, they they've admitted to some of the atrocities themselves there. So that's not uh, not out of the uh, out of the question. Uh, a lot of a lot of people replying to this post here too. Weren't you one of the original Zionists who lied America into the war? And someone said they are addicted to goyim blood. <laughs> oh, shit. There was some uh, some uh, <clears throat> some pretty based replies here to this. Holy smokes! Uh, Pagan Bear over in Odyssey says thanks for the stream. Thank you, Pagan Bear Night Nation review view. Good to see you as as always. Uh, false flags are their norm. It's obnoxious that there is uh, is a single person left who believe anything that these people say. Thanks, Red Ice. Thank you, Night Nation review. Appreciate you, Nazarite seventy seventy six says nice work, Red Ice. Thanks for what you do. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, that's kind of you guys. All right, so what else have we got here? We got a lot of this stuff, but it, 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 I'm making a point here too. Where, where we'll get uh, lead up to kind of the diversity thing, uh, the questioning, like because much of this is now they're making bad moves in Israel. It's not looking that good on the PR front. A lot of people are therefore kind of joining, you know, the pro-Palestinian forces, which or the pro-Palestinian pro-Palestinian protests. There you go. That's a PPP sentence for you right there pro-palestinian protest in the west and the many of these activists um even left-wing jews now uh well they, they might they, clear let me clarify there might be a right-wing hardcore right-wing for of course israel and zionism right there's like this hard zionist left-wing uh jews that are quest beginning to question some of this now and uh was was this such a good idea we'll get to that uh, the guy that was subjected to glowing a glowing New York Times profile and speaker at Penn's Palestine Rights Festival last month. Now tell me you don't know why anti-Semitism is rising in America. He said, apparently to the story here, uh, refought in Gaza, said uh, to the baby uh, oven there, with or without baking powder. All right. So, uh, is he... Uh can we get a trans? I translate one, two, three. Maybe we'll check. Was he taken down or something on the Glow New Journalism as its finest? Which is funny, right? Because they <laughs> like, they're, well, it was your guys promoting all of this, right? Wasn't it? Where we got now that this uh, hardcore, super, you know, anti white, anti colonialist type environment. Well, you helped to do that. Uh, Daniel Friedman here on X said, this is in West Hampstead. I grew up there. My family lives there. Hundreds of Jewish family lives there. This cannot continue. And apparently someone wrote here, uh, Hitler? Hitler? Is that what it's supposed to say? Juke Hitler. Huh. Okay. All right. Do we have a, we get an interpretation in chat on that? What, do you th- what does that say? Did they t- did they take the- is that written like in uh, like shaving cream or like one of those uh, whipped cream uh, weird things they got here and I prefer real whipped creams so I don't buy it uh, but but you have the in a can right don't you have that in a can in the U S F- uh, f- fix fix it fix it <laughs> what does that, that even say but apparently this is uh, it's uh, shocking. 
uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, new, yeah, nuke, nuke Hitler. Is that what it says? Ju, f- fuck. Is that the fuck Hitler? Is that what it says? Fuck Hitler. And it looks like a, someone started a Y down below there too, right? Is that a Y? Like, let's follow the f, f, ju, f, Hitler. Fuck Hitler. I don't know. Fuck you, maybe. Oh, yeah, fuck you down below. Fuck you. And then Hitler, and then they ran. Maybe that's what happened. Yeah, you can, you can read. Fuck you down, and then Hitler rules or something like that, right? Uh, and then something else on the back of that. But anyway, so yeah, a uh, lot of, lots of, lots of shaking uh, uh, going on there. Uh, and somewhat, let me see here. Uh, how long until it's revealed that the perpetrator was Jewish? All right. Considering the perpetrator wasn't Jewish, you'll be waiting a while. Was there an arrest already? <laughs> I don't think there was one, Theodore. Uh, all right. Okay. My thoughts exactly. About a month, someone said. Okay. All right. <clears throat> this is seven blocks from... This is jo- back to John uh, Podhoretz here again. This is seven blocks from where I live in one of the most Jewish neighborhoods in the world. More so than uh, in Israel. And this young woman couldn't place Israel on a map. Well, did you did you ask? She probably couldn't place New York on a map. So here's a young woman destroys posters of Israeli civilians kidnapped by Hamas. The woman filming says those are our family members. The woman destroying the posters get aggressive. Let's uh, check this out. Uh, All right, well, it's only, it's only somebody hadn't brought these people in. Um, is there a song? Is our strength... Is there like a song on this we could play? I should have looked up this before. I'm uh, I'm horribly ill-prepared here. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> but this could be fun. Uh, children's song. Let's see if there's anything. Uh, maybe we should. Yeah, let's try this one here. I'm just random here. Let's see. Let's see what. Let's see what we got. together in a tiny place <clears throat> all right i think you, i think you get that in. i was not quite what i'm looking for but it's you know it's 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 in that it's in that style right um so yeah that the mold the, the multicultural melting pot uh idea huh. fascinating how that's kind of not panning out here 
over the last uh, couple of weeks. And of course, yes, as uh, Ryan said in reply to John Podhoritz there as well, uh, he was a speechwriter for former U.S. President Ronald Reagan and George Herbert Walker Bush. He was a special assistant to White House drug czar William Bennett. He, co- he co-founded the White House Writers Group and Public Relations Firm in Washington, D.C. Potteretz was a consultant for the popular television series The West Wing, including the controversial episode Gaza in season five, first broadcast on May 12, 2004. Apparently he took some like, I'm taking a break from Twitter or something like that. Was like, was that his pinned tweet still? And he's been away for like several years or something like that. Uh, hello, I haven't tweeted in more than four years. Is that because I'm like Trump won or something? Which is funny because, of course, that's the most pro-Israel president ever in America. But anyway, I'm back because the comment we're publishing important things I want to show them to you. Uh, and of course, all of it is like about uh, Israel and uh, shit like that. Now, uh, National Review, Weekly Standard, uh, Movie Critic. Where's the? Is there a specific on uh, 9/11, the Iraq War? Right, Israel. Yeah, Iraq War. Potterhurst has supported the Iraq War from its inception until the present. In his book Bush Country, he wrote uh, in a July 20. July 25th, 2006 column for the New York Times post that discussed the Israeli-Lebanon conflict, Pato Horitz advocated a more Machiavellian policy in Iraq, writing that what if the tactical mistake we made in Iraq was that we didn't kill enough Sunnis in the uh, in the early going to intimidate, in the early going to intimidate them and make them so afraid of us they wouldn't go along with anything. Wasn't the survival of Sunni men between ages of 15 and 35 the reason there was an insurgency and basic because so basically they did, we didn't kill enough people, right? Immigration was he is he let me see here. Uh Alabama's United taking Jews. Potters was a generally supportive of President Bush's proposal for guest worker program and path to citizenship for certain illegal immigrants in the US. Okay, which um, aggressively favored a more open immigration policy in the United States. There it is. Okay, I I skipped it over. Yes, okay. Aggressively favored a more open immigration policy for the United States, right? (sighs) Yes, every single time. That's, of course, what happened in the Iraq War. Well, well, pod horrors, this is, of course, what happened. Uh, millions of people displaced, all of them going into Western countries. Essentially, there, there are some in Arab countries and whatnot, but uh, that's not as a so shocking aspect to it as bringing them into completely foreign cultures uh, like Western uh, you know, nations, essentially. Uh, and of course, uh, all the neocons have been uh, largely, uh, neoconservatism have largely been a Jewish movement, right? And of course, he's part of that gang. Uh, but now they're coming, uh, uh, crawling back to the, uh, well, the menorah, the cross, call it what you want. And now it's this is not good. I, I didn't see this yet. Apparently he went on MSNBC here. He's discussing the rise of anti-Semitism in the U.S. and Europe in his latest col- column, Why Even Now We Are Commanded to Laugh, which is a piece adapted from a speech he gave recently at his son's Isaac's Bar Mitzvah. It's a longer piece, but let's listen a little bit to this here. I want to see what it has to say here. John Podoritz. John posted a piece on commentary yesterday entitled, Why Even Now We Are Commanded to Laugh. 
which was adapted from the speech he gave at his son Isaac's bar mitzvah this past Saturday. In it, he talked about the challenges the Jewish community is facing, but why, as a whole, the community needs to find the light. Take a listen to part of John's speech. The first thing you need to know about Isaac is that his name was not supposed to be Isaac. It was going to be Shy. He was born 13 years ago on July 14th, and we looked at him, and we kissed him, and we called him Shy, but we kept the name to ourselves as it is tradition not to share the name. Did you do something else as well to the uh, little boy? Name until the bris. Yeah, there it something. is. Thank you. Okay. I, I, had a qu- I had some questions, but uh, we got those answered right. It didn't feel right, and then the next day, Al and I looked at each other and we said, his name is Isaac, and thereafter, his name was Isaac. And the name God chose for the firstborn Jew means, well, no one has figured out exactly how to translate it, but it's either something like he who laughs or simply laughter. Think of it. The first Jew was named Laughter. The fact that God promises Abraham he will make of us a great nation represents not only a reward, but as we see right now, a perpetual threat. A threat from the hostility and envy of others who would want to make us small or destroy us altogether. That's some prize we got. It's the reason Jews have told some version of this joke forever. The Jew goes up to heaven and asks God whether the Jews are the chosen people. Yes, Shmulek, God says, you are the chosen people. Well, says Shmulek, would you mind choosing someone else for the change? <laughs> Laughter. Maybe. Skip forward a little bit. <clears throat> Man, they're playing a long, a long piece here on MSNBC. There, here we go. John, that's beautiful. Wow. Thanks, thank you. thanks thank so you. much so for letting. Good. Let's cry a little bit in the studio here. Different ways. Well, thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh my God, it was, this is an amazing reception here by uh, Joe. I totally didn't kill my uh, intern. Uh, what's his last name? <laughs> Forget his name. I'm oh. forgetting all these people. Honored and uh, it's not that memorable. What's his name? Joe Scarborough. Scarborough. That's right. Joe. I totally didn't kill my intern Scarborough. Move. And of course, you- uh, the um, Malika. Right. Malika is that her name? Uh, what's what's the other uh, gal's name? Um, uh, totally, uh, just totally infested right into the whole establishment through her. Uh, father writes the big new Brzezinski, uh, Mika Brzezinski, is that what it is? Mika Malika? Something like that. Chose to share that. Well, you know, um, in darkness, in the, in the darkest times, we see the light and we appreciate Here we it. Go. Here we go. Here's the light. There's always the light. We're the light. So much more. And uh, it's hard to read a post. Uh, that you said that you wrote uh, a couple days ago without tearing up but you write this oh my gosh i was in front of our synagogue a car pulled up two men in the front seat one said is this your building i said yes he said we are egyptian muslims we stand with you we are sorry for what happened to you and we will stand with you Thank you, I said, trying not to cry. I'm trying not to cry. So that was the <laughs> night before the, the bar mitzvah where I, where I spoke. Uh, we had a Friday night dinner at the synagogue. 
um, and I was waiting for my 93-year-old father to arrive in a taxi. No, creators. I was the editor of Commentary. That's right. I, th- I was thinking about creators, which is the piece where Ben Shapiro wrote uh, this, you know, the Palestinians, you know, don't, don't want to have toilets or subhuman. We need to kill them all or something to that effect, essentially. Sorry, I got my, I got my, uh, you know, s- supremacist ethnic in-group preferential uh, commentary blogs on the Internet wrong. I, the cab I to help him out, to bring him to the uh, synagogue's room where we had set up the dinner and this car pulls up and stops and i'm immediately right you know my hackles go up or yeah i'm I'm on guard i don't know what's going to happen and it was such a a beautiful and beautiful there we go so it's still it's still despite all this right i didn't know what i was insecure here's muslims if somebody only haven't brought them in but then he turned but it oh no it was a great again there was great people that said we're sorry uh, they bow down to me and they apologize. So that that means multiculturalism is still a great success. Now, if they would have gunned him down, or maybe his kid, or something like that, then it would have been, oh, you know, oh, oy vey, what 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 happened here? How how is this possible? Anyway, this goes on for sixty minutes. I didn't listen to the whole thing, so I don't know what. <laughs> maybe there's some gold comments in here a little bit later, but we have quite a bit to get to. So I'm not going to get stuck on this here. Um, here's, here's, uh, you know, this, this is the problem, right? In terms of w- what direction this is going. Berlin, 1933. The brown shirts held their, held a rally, then marched to a Jewish-owned shop to make the staff and their customers feel unsafe. Glasgow, 2023. The anti-Semites held their rally, then marched to a Jewish-owned shop to make the staff and their customers feel unsafe. So this is it's always 1933, and even when there's like the, the, the brown allegiance against all whites and the colonialists, of course, because they bundle Europeans and, and Israelis and Jews all together, we're all... So white supremacy, right? That's, that's basically where the people stand. It's still, it's still Nazis. It's still the Nazis, right? I mean, it, it, it is a big thing here, but... You realize if you if you if you're looking at common commentators and you know people out there and stuff like that, they ha- they've yet to learn to question certain historical events and what actually happened and the pre uh, preamble leading up to the war and of course that makes you know the discussion about World War One intricate to, to that part as well and the Ver- Versailles Treaty, all these things, right? Weimar period in Germany, all these things. You will be you will be at a complete loss to try to make sense of the world of these kinds of things and 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 how things are complete. It's a puzzle you cannot piece together, right? Um, which which is true for any thing, I guess. I mean, if you don't have the truth, it will be very hard for you to understand motivation and what happened and why and, and these kinds of things, right? But but it's just, it it really dawns you know on these kinds of moments, right? You see these commenters and and they, and they d- continuously. Try to draw, draw parallels that this is Nazism. What was it? The, the, the UN now, even the um, the Israeli representatives at the UN, they put on their I don't have the clip here now, but they put on their yellow stars on their <laughs> their on their suits and shit. Uh, it's it's always that. It's always it's always we, this can't just be a thing on itself. And well, who well who brought us to this point, right? Because think about it. 
Multiculturalism is an outcrop, of course, of trying to destroy European nationalism, right? We got we to gotta ethnically displace these people. We cannot let them have nationalism rise again. We got to destroy their heritage, their culture, their ethnic makeup. In, in other words, their, their genetic legacy. We need to deracinate them, uproot them, all these things. Well, that's essentially because these people think they're still fighting Nazism, right? So it's an, out, uh, an outcrop on that. And now your own work is coming back and bites you in the ass because these people are no longer your greatest allies against us. Anyway, let me play the clip here. So that's Glasgow, right? Scotland. Uh, people are uh, not happy about this. Uh, Naftali Bennett, check out this one here too. In Paris, Jewish stores have been labeled with the stars of David. Well, they're doing that themselves at the UN, so what's the difference? As if 80 years had not passed. The distance between the massacre in Berry Kibbutz and the streets, was that the one we just talked about or, or something? Uh, and the streets of Paris is shorter than you think. Yes, and check this key line. This is the ex-Prime Minister of Israel, right, Naftali Bennett. He co-served that term with his uh, other body. I forget his name. And now, of course, Netanyahu is in, right? But he says, yes, the West is next. I think that's a that's a key line, to be honest, right there, of, of what... I think they're they're willing, just, just like it seems that they gunned down their own Israeli Jews at, at some of these kibbutzes to... to well, one, it could be to make a point. Number two, it's because they could actually they couldn't fight and they got scared and they're just like, we don't care. We have to we, we kill everyone. We don't care. That could be part of it. But regardless, they're using the, their own the, the victims of their own actions against the enemy to try to garner sympathy. That's what it's looking at, right? But I'm th- but I'm thinking the the desire to destroy is greater than the desire to to build up their own and and to ensure that they're on on a strong strong footing that will that will that will reveal itself i think more and more as we get closer here to what the the, the inevitable like mass conflict that's coming because of of course you know uh the multiculturalism in the west and all that shit right and, and everyone else that might get involved now as well israel is fighting radical islamic terror on its border he says if we don't stop this terror here now, you'll get the massacres in Paris. We already have massacres. What the fuck are you talking about? If we don't stop this terror here and so we need you need to come and help us stop it in Israel. Otherwise, you'll get these massacres in Paris, London, and New York City. We we already have those. <laughs> Over time, you might not have one single event that had a thousand people. Well, I mean. 9-11 was an inside job, but I'm saying officially you could point to that then if you talk about the, on the streets of, of, of New York, right? But beyond that, the the Bataclan massacre in, in Paris and shit, and the same thing there, right? They try to, try to hide a lot of the evidence. You could, Or like the, the most gruesome scenes, they try to kind of cover that up, and then they have their love festivals after. Oh, multiculturalism is great. Let's not get Islamophobic here. Slow down, everybody. Uh, and now, of course, because shit's popping off in Israel, now it's holy shit. These people are protesting Israel in Western countries. Deport them all, blood and soil now. We only have one option, total victory. <clears throat> yeah, anyway, so here's some of the uh, buildings in in, uh, in France there, right? And, of course, you had some other uh, people here, too, talking about this. David Collier, 
uh, said, This is an absolute terrifying image of London today. Big Ben, the House of Parliament, all surrounded by a sea of hate. I know my children do not have a future in the UK. He's Jewish, this guy, right? Politicians can make whatever promises they like, but the evidence is there for all to see. And linked up this Sky News uh, video showing the massive pro-Palestinian slash pro-Hamas protests in uh, London. Uh, where someone pulled out just from June 30th, 2023, literally just a couple of months ago, where he said, you sound, I'm not sure exactly what the reply is, but it, but it doesn't matter, or what it's replied to, but it doesn't matter. You get the point. You sound like the far right. He said, white Brits equal vast majority here. Uh, well, not in London, buddy. The far right think immigrants will take over the entire country. Do you support the far right? You shifted positions because you were wrong. Your latest stance is racist. Not interested. Have a nice day, he says. And there it is, right? My my interest, my ethnic group is in is in peril. We the country's lost. Um, they're 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 replacing us. Where we don't have a place here. This is horrible. I don't. We don't have a future in the UK because of well, what what happened, David? What what did happen? We'll look at that again, of course. But uh, here we go, right? God Sad, same thing. Nine powerful pre- predictors of where your society is going. Ready? And of course, all of them are demography is destiny. Blood and soil. Oh, now, oh, you're re- oh, you ready now to talk about immigration and open borders and all this fucking shit? The people like us and so many others have talked about some. Some people have talked about this for decades. They've talked about this since the seventies, sixties, even. <clears throat> And they oh, you're the racist. It's wonderful with diversity. <sighs> Here's another one from David Collier, right? This is not a war against Israel. It is a war against Jews. Here's the, uh, what is this? The, uh, what was it? There's a war on whites. Is that his version of the speech, right? We see it in Israel, in the UK, in the US, in France, in Germany, even in Dagestan. <laughs> That's right, that we didn't play that yet. <laughs> some, some Muslims in Russia were running up to some plane because it was Israelis landing or some shit. Uh, we hear the genocidal chants. They are not interested in a state. They just want to kill Jews. Newsflash, they lose. Uh, all right, anyway, you get the point, right? This is fascinating. Fascinating how this how, how this how this has worked out, right? And we gotta keep we gotta keep making the points. Well, who David Collier, uh, who John Pottohertz helped to open the gates, just like they have done historically in so many nations, in so many empires, in so many civilizations through time. Zoom in on that top image right there. Jews for refugees. And of course, this is them in our countries, right? But in Israel, right now, this is what it's all about. It's, it's hardcore borders, enforcement of invasion into other, the, the, the strip they want to take. They don't even want that border anymore. They just want to shift it to the Mediterranean altogether. And no, it's not just liberal Jews, it's rabbis, it's orthodox, it's this whole other uh, kind of religious uh, undertone, which I think is probably even more powerful than the liberal uh, kind of reformed Judaism, that type of clique, right? 
crack the doors open to Syrian refugees, right? It just goes on and on. Israel, we've showed you these, but we have to keep making this point because this is where no, no, no normie conservative treads into this, right? Now they just want to have like, let's cut this branch off uh, instead of striking at the root of what of how this happened to begin with. They reached deal with UN to deport asylum seekers to Sweden and other Western countries, not back to Africa, not let them into Israel. Greek refugee aid centers are mainly operated by Israelis, Israeli NGOs sending them to help refugees in Europe. Goes on and on. Thousands signed Jewish letters pledging solidarity with Muslims and immigrants. Jewish groups lead. Uh, that was the crack, crack the door open to Syrian refugees. Only one thing can stop white supremacy. Solidarity between Muslims and Jews. That worked out great for you, did it not? Jewish groups vows relentless fight against cruel Muslim ban. Ten Jewish groups urge Congress to allow Syrian refugees into the U.S. One thousand plus rabbis sign letter in support of welcoming in refugees. Jewish synagogues help resettled undocumented Africans into America's heartland. Open the gates, says the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society. Jewish New York Times writer admits Jews' connection to a refugee flood not a conspiracy theory. And on and on it goes, and we could, uh, you know, talk. We could, we could be here all day showing you stuff like that. Now, this is the one thing they'll ignore. We, how did this happen? What, what happened? Will, will there be soul searching here? What have we done? No. There won't be. Here's another one. This is uh, what is this? The Free Press. The Great Betrayal. And and of course, then you have that other layer to this too, right? Of like. In the West, you have the LGBTQ uh, alphabet soup lobby groups and interest groups trying to align themselves with Palestine. And maybe in a couple of instances, they've gotten away with it here and there, but you've seen plenty of videos and stuff where, where the pro-Palestinian uh, protesters are you know, like taking that shit down. They, they, don't, they don't like any of that shit. <laughs> so it's this com- complete you know, befuddlement in terms of what, where does our allegiances stand? Who, I thought we were against uh, the, them whites together in this. No. The left's reaction to the massacre in Israel has many progressive Jews in the West rethinking their past activism, political affiliations, and friendships. The great betrayal. After Donald Trump was elected, Emily Rose, 51, flew to New York with her daughters to walk in the Women's March. She demonstrated on the streets of Minneapolis, where she lived in days following after George Floyd's murder. She donated small money to small black-led movements and social justice organizations that she believed in. She unlearned and then re-educated herself as white Americans were instructed to. I guess Emily Rose, is she uh, Jewish or uh, we're not? She learned and then re-educated herself as white Americans were instructed to and read the teachings of anti-racist scholars like Tanisi Coates. But then after the massacre in Israel on October 7, when some 14,000 Jews were brutally murdered, not to mention the rapes, beheadings, instances of torture. I think they forgot about the ovens. Was, where, when was this written? Were they not October 30th? Why didn't they bring up the ovens? I'm offended. Rose began to notice something odd from the cohort of fellow progressives she admired. They were cheering for the other side. Anyway, this goes on here, but uh, yeah. Yeah, wealthy Jewish donors claw back their millions from elite universities that they say helped foment anti-Semitism on their campuses. There's a quieter, more personal reckoning happening among progressive Jews like Rose. They felt betrayed by a left that they thought would have their backs. (laughs) It's like you, you did this. You did this to yourself. (laughs) 
it's just this. Uh, it's just, it's kind of, it's bittersweet, right? I mean, obviously we have to suffer from the consequences, unfortunately, and our children will, and maybe their grandchildren. I don't know how long it's going to take for us to sort this out, but we have to make goddamn sure that this never, literally never again, never happens again, that we are never put in this situation where we have to like try to sort this out for them with that this is our battles or whatever. But yeah, all these conservatives are now rolling back around and like, whoa, 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 slow, what happened? Nigel Farage, and he's just, he's so cringe. I had him on the show once, by the way, this is years ago now. It was just when he's, uh, was it the UKIP party was kind of getting going early days, 2010 or something, maybe nine, I forget. We are in huge trouble. Open your eyes, Nigel Farage says here, quoting Johnny Gould, who has, uh, follow my Apple number one Israel podcast. Iran, <laughs> here we go. Iran now has a civilian proxy in the UK. Well done, useful idiots. Really now? Interesting. go big uh, big crowd right there let me retry that the stream's still up on uh, odyssey it should be good right we're still uh, still go all right <clears throat> yeah i mean it's if, if only if only someone hadn't uh, created this situation eh? it's funny because it's the same like with the iraq world they'll try to blame like uh, what white liberals or something is that what they is that what they're going to do and they they do play a part i mean i'm not going to say it's just Jews and only Jews. It, it's not. Obviously, there's plenty of, of white leftists. But ironically, just like the, the betrayal article said that, right? This is because of decades of anti-colonialist, anti-white programming at universities. And of course, you can't separate that from cultural Marxism, which you can't separate from critical theory, which you can't separate from the Frankfurt School of Critical Theory. Uh, all this, these social research programs and stuff, which of course is, uh, you know, primarily uh, Jewish, just like the neoconservative movement, which drove the f wars that took also helped to take the immigrants here. Right? I think it's more about it's more about just the the utter destruction of everything that they resemble. We'll get to that in a moment, right? But yeah, oh, what? How is this possible? Here's another quote tweet from quote tweet from uh, Nigel Farage. A quote tweet. Uh, sorry, a, a repost, a quote, po a qu quote post. What do they call it? Just a quote, I guess. Okay. Uh, this man has been arrested for saying, "Why are they over here?" Etc. We let them into our country, etc. When making a video about Palestinian flags flying in London, but no action was taken against repeated calls for jihad on our streets. This cannot carry on. And he. Uh, at Suella Braveman here, who also, of course, talked about uh, immigration recently. Uh, British police come to a man's home to arrest him for posting a video to Facebook of him criticizing migrants in his area for putting Palestine, Palestine flags up everywhere in the neighborhood. do not attend any events involved Palestine, okay? The reasons why we took it is on the 17th of 10th, of 2023, on Battle Green Road at 10 of 4, 
You will see what witnesses saying, obviously, people, why, why are they over here, etc. We let them into our country, etc. So, thank you. Yes, yeah, okay. So, thank you. Say that. Take him. Disgusting. He's a disgusting. You're not pro you're not sufficiently pro Israel. John? all right anyway, that's it get any medications this goes on for like six minutes let me see here uh what was his video here posting this video of himself criticizing Marcus in the neighborhood for putting Palestine flags up everywhere got this man arrested. Where's the first one? Let me see if I can find the first one. Two of two. Oh no, that is the second one. Okay, I see. This morning, and this that was the, the second video of him saying. Yeah. So there's a look at this. So, so here's here's this crime here, right? Yeah. You see it? Then over here. Which is funny. So, so then you have. Let me see if I can. How, how do we? How do we? How do we square this circle here? Um. You have the top layer of, of British society, pro-Israel, hardcore Zionist, will give them anything they want, blah, blah, blah. People are out on the streets protesting against Israel for Palestine. Nothing happens real. Well, some countries, granted, some countries have tried to shut these protests down and whatnot, but they don't get arrested, right? The man pointing out this that doesn't like that, he gets, the white man gets arrested for, for pointing out this shit. Holy shit. We've got this crap going on as well. Yeah. And then we come along to this pool here, and they've then done the same crap here as well. Look at this. Jesus. This is, this is what we're dealing with. This is no fucking on. And then you're up in this one here, you see that? Yeah. Same shit here as yeah, well. Yeah, that's what happens when you get replaced. The, uh, the anti-white alliance is out on the streets. And again, these are because these are mark these are markers against Britain, right? Because remember the narratives here too. They said, "Well, Britain has nothing to do with Rothschilds or pressure on the British government or even the Balfour Declaration. Maybe a little bit of that, right? But but the the, the backdrop to that of the, of the uh, pressure from Rothschild and you know all these other activists what was the other one Friedman or someone at the time." Uh, Let's ignore that and just say, no, there was a British mandate. They're the ones who are responsible. That's the issue here. It's white people. It's, uh, it's the Westerners. That's what these, you know, 
flags in a way represent. It's their colonialism of us. This is the kind of crap that we're dealing with. This is the kind of nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. This is the kind of nonsense we're dealing with. Beth no green. Anyway, so, so, so that's it. But what's funny about that, though, is a Farage, which quote tw- tweet that, his, he's, he's the one who, who helped to destroy the far right. Remember this clip here? Well, our special guest, Nigel Farage. Uh, Nigel, it's good to have you on the show. Um, do you ever, ever feel in the tiniest bit responsible for the atmosphere of hostility, particularly that which we read about following the Brexit mm. result towards foreigners and immigrants in this well, country? Any pangs of guilt about that? Let's just be fair. There were some horrendous things said by both sides. Uh, there were some on the Brexit side who hurled racist abuse at, at Polish people or whatever. Yeah, it happened. All right. Equally, uh, there were some on the Remain side who, who sent insults and threats through social media to those who were prominent on the Brexit side. Let me just say this to you. Do I feel responsible Here we go. for people saying extreme things? Quite the reverse. I destroyed the British National Party. All right. We had a far right party in this country who genuinely were, you know, anti-Jew, anti-black and all of those things. And I came along and I said to their voters, if you're holding your nose and voting for this party as a protest, don't come and vote for me. I'm not, I'm not against anybody. I just want us to start putting British people first. And I almost single handedly destroyed the far right in British politics. <clears throat> mm hmm. Now, if there only was a, a far-right racist party here that could have could have stopped some of this farage. Well, well, I wonder what that was about, right? But, of course, he, he famously, he wants us to be replaced. He just wants it to go, can we just slow it down a bit so at least so I don't have to look at all of this? You can't mix people from completely different civilizations in huge numbers. You can't do it. You have to do it slowly and bit by bit. So he's not, you know, for him, where, where is this comment here? We're in huge trouble. Open your eyes, right? He, he wants this. He just wants to, rep- he, he wants this. He just wants there to be a, that they're all brown, but they're holding the British flag. <laughs> and that's fine. But it's, but as long as our, maybe his great grandchildren or something will kind of face face this at that point or something like that. You know what I mean? Just kick the can down the road and we'll just do it slowly so they don't notice. That's when you realize it's these people that are the problem, right? A Nigel Farage, they are the if If only they were not there to like suck up the discontent, get all the media attention, um... A labor in the UK wouldn't, you know, they couldn't do that single-handedly because you have people on the other side which is like, screw these people, they're leftists, right? They hate us or whatever. No, so instead then for voting for the British National Party and going in that direction and actually having, uh, you know, you know, college was part of that, of course. Some of the other good people were a part of that, pushing us in the same direction. Um, you get a Farage, right? A son of a, what, a banker or whatever he is, right? And but but now over the Israel issue now that now they're getting all squeamish about this. See how this works? Did they react as much over the grooming gangs? I mean, I, I'm sure he did say some stuff about it, right? I, I'm not trying to pretend he didn't. But were they this fired up about it? I, it, it feels not. Now it's it feels like it's this that it caused the cup to kind of flow over. Not the rape gra- gangs. Not the grooming gangs. 
not the murder or beheading of, of, of British people on the streets of England, right? Anyway, this is why ceasefire, a ceasefire, doesn't work for ourselves. So I guess he's on the let's bomb them all train, right? Uh, here's memory, right? They, they have some funny stuff, but they're overall horrible. Uh, I believe the head of that is a Jewish guy, by the way. Uh, Hamas official Ghazi Hamad. We will repeat the October 7th uh, attack time and time again until Israel is annihilated. We are victims. Everything we do is justified. Listen, listen, listen. Israel let me let me translate this for you for the podcast audience here. He says here, Israel is a country that has no place on our land. We must remove that country because it constitutes a security, military, and political catastrophe. To the Arab and Islamic nation and must be, what did it say, there must be finished and must be finished. We are not ashamed to say this with full force. We must teach Israel a lesson and we will not do this, sir. We will do this again and again. The Al-Aqsa flood is just the first time and there will be a second, a third and a fourth. Because we have the determination, the resolve and the capabilities to fight. We will have to, we, uh, we will have to pay a price. Will we have to pay a price? Excuse me. Yes, and we are ready to pay it. We are called a nation of martyrs and we are proud to sacrifice martyrs. We did not want to harm civilians. But there were complications on the ground. Yeah, you mean like uh, Israel shooting <laughs> And there was a party in the area with civilian population. It was a large area across 40 kilometers. The occupation must have been interesting. I wonder if there's more to those comments, like what happened. Uh, I, I think they might, might have just cut him right there. I'm not sure. Yeah, there's a there's a quick uh, fade cut right there. So he, he probably said some more stuff there that they cut out. But anyway, the occupation must come to an end. O occupation where? In the Gaza Strip? No, I'm talking about all the Palestinian lands. Does that mean the annihilation of Israel? Yes, of course. The existence of Israel is illogical. The existence of Israel is what causes all that pain, blood and tears. It is Israel, not us. We are the victims of the occupation, period. Therefore, nobody should blame us for the things they do, the things we do, he says. On October 7th, October 10th, October uh, October 1 millionth, is that what he's saying there? Uh, everything we do is justified. October 1, I guess. No, 1 million. Okay. Mm. I'm sure I'll follow that, but whatever. Okay. And then there's a little gay disclaimer for memory there. Is this, uh, is this more of the meme translations, like time into the rocket and fire me into uh, Israel, I'm ready, or what was the, one of the latest memes? <clears throat> so, okay, okay, you know, I mean, that, that's, that's what he says, right? But Nigel links it up and says, oh, look at these people, or whatever. Okay, well, now, now do all the Orthodox rabbis. Uh, they're saying the same things about uh, Palestinians, about... Uh, whites right about edom and amalek and all this stuff that we've seen will they do that no of course they will not do that this but this got a you know this video got headlines you know his daily mail but there was others too hamas vows to repeat october 7th attacks and bring about the annihilation of israel while cynically saying it did not want to hurt civilians as it slaughtered 14,000 1400 people uh but there were complications on the ground well they're uh, they're kind of well so they link up the clip they talk about that right uh, let me play a, a, a couple of these as a reminder again. Uh, where are we? Here we are. Listen to this. Will they quote this guy? I mean, he's not the head of what? He's he's, a, he's the head of Hamas or something like that, right? 
But then you have tons of other religious authorities, right, that are underlying these kinds of things. You have a Netanyahu underlining um, light and dark. We're going to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah. They're underlining um, the the uh, prime minister, I think it is, or pre president, I think it is, actually. No, uh, Netanyahu is the prime minister, right? But the other guy, the president, uh, Herzog, Isaac Herzog, what's his name? I have a clip with him at the end talking about Tikam Olam and these things, right? These are re religious kind of commandments that they have, destroy your enemy. And there's plenty of rabbis out there. We, we can play a couple of these clips real quick here, right? But point is, will will they highlight those as well in terms of like, oh, okay, well, the other side have this religious fucking war going on and they just want to exterminate their enemies. No, of course not. They'll just wheel it out when there's this Hamas guy. And it's funny because like, oh, the government of Palestine, it's like it's not even a, it's not even a country. Right? It's not even an accepted, uh, what do you call it, uh, recognized country, essentially. Like, they don't have a government uh, of, of sorts they do, but you, you know what I mean? Like, it's not an official... When you provided, like, all the electricity and water and shit from Israel, um, it's not like they... Can they... Can they? Oh, can they get their own routed in somehow? And then... Uh, no, it's not going to happen, right? So they're dealing with this like this. is like, well, this is the official state of Palestine that wants all these things. Anyway, here's, here's, here's one example. There is no mercy. You may think you're being merciful to a child, but you're not being merciful to the child. You're being vicious to the ultimate victim that this child will grow up and kill. Because the ideology that that child will grow up with is even worse than the ideology of his father. Hence the reason why the Torah in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 20, verse 16, says, Rules of war, Lo Do not allow anyone to remain alive. Nothing. No mercy. Furthermore, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 25, verse 19, Machoed Zechel Amalek, completely erase any memory of Amalek, which means men, women, and children, the Torah says, do not have the right to exist. So you, it's not just one of those kinds of clips, it's just an endless barrage, a stream of those that we clip, uh, that we uh, you know played and other people clip those from those uh, type of uh, presentations and videos, right? Concerning the, and of course in some cases it's the what the defense minister, you uh, of Galant, right? These are animals. We're going to destroy them all. You know, shit like this. Right? It's like, okay, how can you, you, you show the Hamas guy saying this shit, but you're not showing the other guy saying this shit. <clears throat> Concerning the Israeli-Arab conflict, I think a primary objective of conservatives and nationalists right now should be fight tooth and nail against any attempt to bring Palestinians from Israel to Europe and North America. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, that. And, and then in addition, exposed to uh, who, who brought the ones we have here now. Who helped to bring those here? It's like, yes, there are Catholic organizations and all these things. We talk about that. Uh, there's other religious groups. There's liberal groups, all these kind of stuff, right? But the main thrust of this, from Israel's angle to the Civil Rights um, you know, Act in the U.S. to a David Schwartz in, in, in Sweden and Paideia and Barbara Specter and Annette Kahane in Germany and uh, Gregory Gussie in Germany to, you know, we could be here all night talking about these names of people that have 
advocate for them. They high up positions in the government and they're influential. They get medals, they get prizes, they get recognition, they get media airplay time. Uh, you know, and, and of course, working against them, the nationalist parties and the far right in these countries. Um, these are Nazis, blah, blah, blah. Ironically, you know, they, you wouldn't find yourself in this situation if those people uh, had more political leverage and had more power. Anyway, here's another guy. I'm from the Holy Land. I was born in America. But from there, I immigrated to the Holy Land. Thank God. What matters most is your Yids. Yeah, what? Your Yids. Were what? Yids. Jews. Oh, you mean Jews? You don't like all the disgusting Goyim. Animals, a non-Jew, a goyim, is like a beast, like a beast, like a, uh, hey, uh, listen, these Jews are from abroad, I'm trying to educate them. Whatever non-Jews want to do, they just do it, even in the middle of the street. I think that's Indians, uh, buddy. <coughs> I'm just joking. Uh, they can't control themselves, they can't think. <laughs> is that we have plastic bags over your head when you travel on airplanes? All right, anyway. And uh, here's uh, uh, the Tikam Olam uh, uh, clip here again. Listen to this. And, and you'll hear, yeah, Herzog. Is it Isaac Herzog? I think it is at the end of the clip repeating this, right? Tikam Olam, that's what this, this, that's what this means. You want to know what Tikkun Olam is? This is a good shear to go out and tell the world, right? Tikkun Olam, as they call it. You want to know what Tikkun Olam is? When good rules and dominates and subjugates Ra. Which means, when Klal Yisrael rules the world, when Klal Yisrael is supreme, and the nations of the world are subject to the Jewish people, and under the umbrella of the Jewish people, they have rectification, they have Tikkun. That's Tikkun Oilam. Tikkun Oilam is not teaching about recycling. Recycling is not... Tikkun Olam. Tikkun Olam is not save the planet. Tikkun Olam is not the ozone. Tikkun Olam is when Jews are shomre Torah u'mitzvahs and the Gentiles recognize the supremacy of the Jewish people and they assist us. That's Tikkun Olam. Everyone is better off when Klal Yisrael is supreme. And then the nations of the world are subject to the Jewish people. And they could then hang their hats on the Jewish people. In other words, a guy has tikkun when he's able to recognize the supremacy of the Jewish people and try to assist the Jewish people in any way. So therefore, the Jewish people are elevated and the nations of the world are elevated. It's good for everyone. It's good for the Jews. I know all of you out there want to. You want to hang your uh, you want to hang your hat on somebody, right? Isn't that uh, isn't that what it's all about? Just hanging hang your hat on somebody. It's good for the non-Jews. Yeah, it's good for them. Just let us let us be supreme. Jewish supremacy will be great for everyone. They just don't understand it yet. However, when the Gentiles break out and dominate this world, and their ideology dominates the world, it's bad for everyone. Bad for the Jews, because the Jews sink lower and lower. And it's bad for the Gentiles, because they have no one to hang their hat on. When Claudius yes. is supreme, some hat hanging, folks. That's what it's about. They generate Kedusha. They're elevated. The nations of the world recognize that. They're subject to us. They assist us. And they're elevated. But when the Jewish people are not fulfilling the Torah, and we are not who we're supposed to be, then the Gentiles have no one to hang their hat on. 
they have nothing to exist for, and their existence is rendered, their existence is not uh, meaningful. Their existence <laughs> is for the betterment of the Jewish people. State go, of right? Israel. I think we, in Sweden we call it Tuwarulana, which basically means the toilet rolls. By the way, that's uh, kind of funny. Yeah, so here's uh, Isaac Herzog that, that I'm talking about. So reiterating, of course, this idea of then Tikkun Olam. In which you have just arrived. The betterment of the Jewish people. It's the state of Israel in which you have just arrived is a successful, innovative nation which contributes to Tikkun Olam, healing the world. Through science and medicine, water and food technology, climate innovation, and so much more. And lasers, you know, the, those are the powerful lasers. Don't forget those. <clears throat> okay. Ah, uh, Patton was right here, says, uh, Happy All Saints Day. That's right. It is uh, All Hallows Day today. Uh, the Feast of All Saints, Solemnity of All Saints, or Hallow Mass. So it's a hell, hell gone uh, in Swedish is uh, is what we call a saint, right? So hell, hall, hallow. Hallow's Eve, uh, Allah Helgonas dog. That's today. Of course, why we had uh, Halloween celebrations the night before, the evening before. Thank you, appreciate that. Spiteful Mutant says, "Great stream, Henrik and Trucker Chris." Um, David Knight banned me. The fag. David Knight. Oh, um, the uh, Infowars uh, spinoff host. Wasn't he fired? Was that over? Was that over an Israel thing or something? Am I mixing that up? Well, what, is he, what was he fired for again from there? Or it was something, I don't know, it was something, uh, oh, with Trump, that's right. Wasn't it was something with Trump that he, he, he wasn't pro-Trump anymore? I, I, I forget, it was something like that. Uh, anyway, thank you, uh, Spiteful Mutants. Uh, appreciate that. Thank you for the super chats. Okay, so let's move on here. Because uh, I think that's coming, right? The deportation of the Palestinians... Uh, that I, so ironically, then, right? You have a lot of these people. They're like, "Oh, we, this is uh, horrible. Uh, why did all these white liberals bring in all these migrants?" Blah 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 blah. Let me save this down real quick. That way, we can actually pull that up real quick here. So this piece here. Oh, let me show it on screen. Sorry, guys. You can see too what I'm seeing here. Uh, 972, uh, Tula had this on Telegram. Expel all Palestinians from Gaza, recommends Israeli government ministry. Uh, and of course, the kicker is, well, wait, guess guess where they want to send them. So in Israel, it's this, let's send them to the West. And then the posers, like David Collier or even a Nigel Farage, I guess, or anybody that's like, oh, Hamas is a problem, pro-Palestinians, oh, Muslims in the West, deport them all, let's, let's get them out, blah, 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 blah who won't talk about what I just showed you. Either they're too cowardly, they're too dumb, they're willfully ignorant, they're on the payroll. They will not tell you the truth about this. They will not tell you the truth about Jewish involvement in immigration. They just they will not recognize it. And even if they stumbled over it, if they were out walking one and happened to stumble over it, they would not recognize it, it would be a one-off, and that would be that. Well, that's unfortunate. Well, they're not really, uh, really Jewish, you know. Oh, yeah, is that why you have Orthodox rabbis? Well, this is a religious thing of destroying Edom, Amalek, uh, you know, the West, Rome, right? We have a clip in there in a second to show you that. They will not talk about that. They will not recognize that. Oh, it's just, le it's just those left, the white leftists. That's the problem, you see. 
<clears throat> so here's the uh, screenshot that's part of the uh, kind of the breakdown of the of the article here really I think it's a scribbed piece let me see let me confirm is that the PDF they linked up no no I don't think it is Morocco actually it might be let me see here I just want to confirm if I can find that before we read that off exactly where that's from anyway yeah so 972 um Appendix A, countries and bodies that can contribute to solving the humanitarian crisis in Gaza. Possible contribution, opening crossings and immediate absorption of the population of Gaza that will leave and gather in designated areas in the Sinai, allocating land for settlement, exerting diplomatic pressure on Turkey and other countries to prioritize this, or absorbing a large number of displaced people, providing a security envelope to the initial organized areas outside the Strip. Possible incentives pressuring the United States and Europe, European countries, to take responsibility and open Rafah crossings for existing to Sinai, financial assistance for the current economic crisis in Egypt, contribution, absorption, and settlement. I have a look at the highlighted things there. Countries in Europe and especially Mediterranean, Greece slash Spain, Canada, contribution, absorption of the population, and its settlement with the framework of the permissive immigration policy. So that's what they want. So we're ba- we're right back here, and then of course the the cycle you know go we go back around again, right? Oh my God, it's so much anti-Semitism here in the Western. What do we what do we do about this? Granted, then yes, I understand that this we got to get all Jews to go to Israel, right? That's a religious thing about that. All of them have to make Aliyah. They have to go to. Israel, they have to back us up. They have to be, you know, join the military. There's, there's millions of Jews outside of Israel. We got to get them there. Uh, at the same time, you know, you have the surrounding countries, of course, joining, you know, up. Well, there's plenty of voices that have criticized the Arab countries. Why are they not doing more? Why, whereas uh, Hezbollah, why are they not joining in and all this? And you know, uh, apparently Israel have been striking some targets in uh, in Syria, going after, you know, those those targets and things like that too. Uh, but they're on, all not like holding hands or whatever, right? So they're trying to walk both sides a little bit, and they're kind of eh, you know waiting or whatever. I, I'm not sure what it will take. So maybe they are. Maybe they'll be fine overall in the region. Maybe they will be fine. It's a disastrous PR war, but but no one will do anything because they got the leadership of these countries already. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. We'll have to see. They'll have to pan out. But the risk, of course, is that uh, you know the U.S. gets involved harder, and then it's Iran, and then it's Russia and China on that side, and here we go. It's essentially a world war, and it might not be a world war in the sense we think of World War II. It will probably be much more like regionalized conflicts here and there, or whatever. But it, but you know, it could it could it, it could be called that essentially. I mean, some some people argue we're already in that essentially, we're in that. So it could be overall, it could be that the interest is greater in helping to destroy the West as a vengeance, as, a, as, a, as an active vengeance for what happened 2,000 years ago, right? It could, it could very well be. And, of course, people point to this little event that happened historically. Let's take a look at this. Meanwhile, the Jews were at it again, about to throw yet another revolt. Led by the proclaimed Messiah Bar Kokhba, he promised to retake Judea by any means necessary. He gathered his fanatical Jews, slaughtered the local Roman garrisons, and retook Jerusalem for themselves. When the local legions tried to restore peace, they were pushed back by half a million rebel Jews. 
but Kokhba purged Judea of all non-Jews, Romans and Christians alike, along with their wives and children. When news of the massacre reached the emperor, Adrian went mad. He sailed for Judea, followed by 12 legions, and started killing every single Jew he found. No mercy was shown, no quarter given. Hadrian would settle with nothing less than the complete destruction of Judea. Uh, I mean, historically, ironically, you, I guess you could kind of argue that, uh, well, that created the diaspora, and of course, a lot of them fled into Europe, and uh, here we are, you know, kind of thing. But whatever, it is what it is. Some people point to that, and they say, well, it's because of that historical event. They destroyed uh, their temple, and uh, they displaced them, they burned uh, the Torah scrolls on the steps of the, the temple they had, you know, all these things. And, uh, and and so it's Rome, it's the, the West, it's Western civilization, it's white people, that's Edom, that's Amalek, that's the, the that's one of their enemies. So use those who are fighting in the region to bring them to their countries, destroy them, have Jews go back to Israel, build that up, make it strong. And of course, then you have all the fanatical Christians, uh, the Zionists, right? The Christian Zionists who are like, yay, this is, you know, this means the Messiah will come back, you know, kind of thing. And they're cheering this on and they financially support this and they're almost like, you know, well, we're not of this world. It's our kingdom is in heaven. So let's just um, we we can let all our our countries really kind of crumble because it, re- it really doesn't matter as long as Israel is okay, as long as, that, as long as that's saved and and uh, is doing well, we, we'll all be fine, right? Uh, it might be hi- hyperbolic, but you know, that's that's how that's how some of them uh, think and, and argue, right? Let, let our grandchildren, our our, our genetic legacy, all of that is just nah, it's just, that's fine. Let's not worry about that. The important thing is what's uh, going up in uh, go- going on up in heaven right now. We got to just be on the right side, and so we got to join Israel and support the Jews no matter what they do. By the way, so um, Alex Ferryman he linked uh, this up is kind of funny. Speaking of Hadrian, right? Justin Trudeau spells a little bit different, like Hadrienne, right? A little different, right? But apparently he, he did a beheading uh, costume outfit for Halloween. And immediately was like this. This must therefore be a reference to all the beheaded Jews in Israel recently. <laughs> what, is it? Uh, what was the comment? I think yeah, Alex said, uh, wait until they realize his name is Hadrian. Right? Oh, the beheading of Hadrian. Oh, okay. It's a little vengeance plot here, ironically, in a weird, symbolic, twisted kind of way, right? Um, Linda Fromme, why post this? Hadrian didn't need the attention and the Jews didn't need another kick in the teeth. Not always about you. Some, it's not, sometimes a beheading is just a beheading, okay? Just It's just a Halloween prank, okay? Always something. Uh, it's always something. All right, so we have a little bit more here on the kind of the collapse, collapsing 
political affiliations. I saw, I saw, was it the Young Turks that covered this? And they're basically, you know, they were super gung-ho John Fetterman. But he's our guy. He's kind of an outsider. He doesn't even dress like a politician. This is a based from their point of view. Cool guy. He's he's on our side, you know, kind of thing. And then this happened. And it's found out that Fetterman is just another, you know, APAC uh, puppet, essentially. So Dan Kovalik here. What is it? Lawyer, professor, and author of several books. Okay. I don't know. I don't know quite sure who this guy is, but whatever. I, I just took on John Fetterman for his failure to support a ceasefire for Gaza and was assaulted. Come see the violence inherent in the system. So he wouldn't even, like, say a ceasefire was okay. He did some statement, uh, I guess, after this. But check this out here. I'm sorry, this is a democracy. It absolutely is. Yeah, yeah, but kind of, sort of. Why? 10,000 people in Gaza have been killed, half are children. The Pope's calling for a ceasefire. The UN is called for it. I'm just asking you, you're a good guy. I voted for you. I know you're a nice guy. This is important. You need to leave. Here, can I give you a phone? Zog and Forcer, friends. John Fetterman, the great left-wing progressive hope. Nuh-uh, buddy. We're on APAC side. He just assaulted him. He just assaulted him. He just assaulted him. He was just talking to him. He's assaulted him. Yeah, there you go. A couple of articles on this here. Where are we here? Uh, I was looking for his official statement. Fetterman emerges as progressive, pro-Israel, pug- pugliest. All right, what does that mean? I gotta look that up. Fancy ass fucking word here. I'm sorry. Shouldn't uh, shouldn't use those kind of words. Huh? A boxer, especially a professional one. Pug pug pugil. Pugilist? Pugilist. 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 Okay, thank you. The senator I've spoken for Israel has earned the ire of many on the left as concerned about Israel's war against Hamas in Gaza is growing. See, see how this works? They all fall with uh, with APAC in the end because those, are, of course, are the ones who are picking up the tab. Isn't it, isn't it fascinating? So it's more on this, like, blood and soil for Israel. No ceasefire. Not even ceasefire. Couldn't even say that. No, no, no. Uh, John, uh, Senator John Fetterman faces a left, and, and they're funny because now they have him in a suit. <laughs> that went the fucking quick. Remember the whole thing about the um, the clothing that they specially dropped that for him. Senators no longer there's no dress code; they can do whatever they want. And of course, predictably, right? Everyone's show, now showing up with their goddamn shit on. And I forget who said it, but someone like you show up in some tacky like track suits with like political messages on it and stuff. But anyway. He faces a left-wing backlash over his stance on Israel. He isn't budging. The progressive senator from Pennsylvania has resisted calls from some of his supporters and former staffers to call for an immediate ceasefire in the region. So the upper layer, pro-Israel, super hardcore Zionist. The bottom layer is uh, anti-white, anti-colonialist, anti-Western, and they're willing to you know attack anybody who does it, who doesn't go along with them in that. And of course, right in the middle or on the sidelines, whatever you want to call it. It's white people. No one's taking our side. We shouldn't take their side for that reason. 
Uh, I'm sympathetic to Palestinians in their country, in their region, but uh, in Western countries, no, no way. Fuck that shit. They can have each other. They all deserve each other. It's, look, they want to have us. They want us killed. Next, <laughs> we're we're on the chopping block. You know, when they put and and some of them are already doing this too. By the way, we're already being squeezed out. We're, we're all, our kids are being you know dragged through humiliation crimes. Our our daughters and and women are being raped by some of these people. Right, the the brown alliance against white supremacy in Western countries. That's what I'm talking about. Whether it's Muslims or not Muslims or whatever. It doesn't matter. A lot of the a lot of the Africans that come in are, are, are Christian. I think the majority of African countries uh, that we take refugees in from are Christian. Does that matter? No, it doesn't matter. It's ethnic. It's not religious in that sense. Uh, AOC goes off on APAC as one of her redeeming qualities. They are an extremist organization. AOC went off on APAC on Tuesday, labeling. But she's also wasn't she? Her, she had Jewish heritage. Remember that? She revealed that in a synagogue. We, we played that clip a couple of times. She went off on APAC on Tuesday, labeling the pro-Israeli lobby an extremist organization that destabilizes U.S. democracy. Trouble in paradise. Are they beginning to notice some of these leftists? Hmm, interesting. She made the comments in response to APAC smearing Representative Thomas Massey as an anti-Semite for not wanting America to fund Israel's wars. He's been decent on some stuff, Massey, for sure. APAC endorses scores of January 6th insurrectionists. They're no friend of American democracy. They endorse scores of JC. Okay, all right. Well, here's, I think, in what way again? That sounds retarded, but okay. Um, they're no friend to American democracy. She said they are one of the more racist. Here we go. They're here out with the anti-white stuff, right? Oh, they're racist. And what she means by that is not, oh, the Jewish supremacy. She means they're, they're, they're whites. They're, they're white supremacists. That's what she means and bigoted PACs in Congress as well, who disproportionately targets members of colors. They're an extremist organization that destabilizes U.S. democracy. Was there a clip with this? Uh, anyway. All right, I just want to show it quickly. Okay, uh, there's nothing else there. But yeah, APAC, they're, uh, they're out and about. And uh, we, could, uh, we could show you the re- re- little reminder here of why someone like Fetterman uh, always will uh, side uh, on their side. Welcome, Senate Democratic Leader. The Senate Republican Leader. Please welcome Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives. Please welcome Secretary of State. I'm honored to introduce the Vice President of the United States. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. Please welcome back to the apex stage, the Prime Minister of Israel. From day one, Israel found itself in a unique alliance. The alliance between Israel and the United States of America. In the United States, our support for Israel is bipartisan, and that is how it should stay. Our strategic ally, our unbreakable friendship. America is safer when we stand with Israel. Because if you care about American security, you must care about Israel's security. My friends, America and it's Israel. not about the party, it's about the policy. Everyone is pro-Israel at the end of the day. And may God bless the United States of America. Thank you. God bless Israel, they said that first. Right? Anyway, you've seen that a couple of times, but uh, isn't that uh, isn't that something, eh? Really, so she's, t- she's turning on APAC, but again, in a way, maybe for all the wrong reasons. You know what I mean? They've been, so some of the, even the squad have been very, very light, to be honest. 
on, uh, you know, Zionism, to be honest. You know what I mean? And they might criticize, you know, some policies of Israel or whatever, but they don't. It's not that they like piece some of the the major puzzle together here, and out, you know, lay out some kind of, uh, you know, some deeper, uh, you know, analysis of what's going on or how America transformed or whatever. No, it was. It was at some point. This was all. It was a multicultural uh, melting pot union, right? The, the the great alliance against, you know, conservative forces, against nationalist forces, against right-wingers, uh, against patriots, against all these people, against the racists and the white supremacists, right? That That's existed for a very long time. And it's now, really now, because it's so late in the process, and of course, because of what is going on in Palestine with, with Israel. They're beginning, it's beginning to crumble and fall apart, and, and alliances are no longer what they used to be, Nobody knows where they stand or should stand or where I'm, you know, they're trying to walk both sides, some of them. And some people have lost their minds, uh, you know, to be honest. And I think it's true on both sides. And you, I mean, if you have a dog in the fight, if you're like you're a ethnically one or the other side, sure, you know, knock yourselves out, go, go right ahead. But, you know, like white conservative people or even like, uh, you know, what's your... The only other explanation is, yeah, you get the religious stuff weaved into that then. And then you go, like, well, click the switch, flips, and you must be on, on Israel's side. You know, you must be a Zionist. Support that shit, you know. Uh, but if you're if you're a person of European descent, well, take your own side. It's not really that hard. Hey, we got Raz Revolt over on Odyssey. Hey, mate, I'll uh, help sponsor a weekly current affairs segment called Spotlight on Zionism. Interesting. We cannot let this latest terrorism go. Uh, and none of it even before, I'd say, too. But, yeah, we need to keep uh, the topic hot. Let's talk. And then three, uh, three dollar signs after. Uh, I'd love to hear your ideas uh, for sure. Like its own little segment or something? Hey, uh, please email us. I wanted to talk with you anyway, actually. Uh, send us an email again, redassetprotomel.com. Love to uh, uh, talk, see what your ideas is. Thank you, Resident Vault. Always appreciated. Uh, thank you so much for your support. Uh, let's check out what you have in mind. Um... But yeah, I mean, this this is one of the the noticing here, and speaking to your point there, Resident, but yeah, the, the you see it. There's a lot of accounts that uh, that are uh, highlighting things and bringing out things which you would not see them do. I, I think just a couple of years ago, right? And I'm thinking of uh, you know specific like you know let's take a Jake Shields just to make an example, right? Whatever. And they might not have pieced everything together yet. I'm not sure what where, where he stands, you know, American nationalism or anything like that, or what even what his. I assume he's is of European descent. I assume, right? I'm not sure if he sees like, okay, well, you know, the pro-Palestinian side is 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 largely you know an anti-white side. I'd say 95% is probably an anti-white kind of you know conglomerates, whatever you want to call it, an alliance, right? Essentially, have they figured that out yet? No, probably not, right? But they're beginning. They're opening their eyes to some of this, and they're seeing uh, the influence. And I, I must play uh, the Glenn Beck clip here too, because that's that's really that it's the kind of cherry on top here uh, in terms of the the most insane you know support that you've ever seen. I just quickly wanted to say this: Afghans living in Pakistan are now set to be deported. Right? We've we covered this a couple of weeks ago, and now they're basically like amassed on the border. They're ready to kick them out. And the point here was too is not there's nothing wrong with like. You know, going uh, along or or uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Where did the Nigel Farage tweet go? I don't have that here. Uh, anyway, there it is, right? Yeah, we're in huge trouble. Open your eyes. It's nothing wrong 
Right, he's right. I mean, Joe Parsi made this made his point clearly enough earlier, right? I got angry because he doesn't recognize, you know, who's behind it, and those who did try to stop it, he called racist just a few years ago. So that, that that's why I'm, my anger here, obviously. But I'm saying, he's right. We we need to open our eyes. We need to collectively deal with this problem. My only cr- criticism is, let's not just chop off a branch here or thrash at the leaves. We have to cut off the root. What, how did this happen? Let's make sure it doesn't happen again. So deal with the entire problem. That's my point. And a Farage, I fear, will not do that. But if you can get others and conservatives and normicons to go along it's like, as long as like, oh, we, oh yeah, we can't. Can we just to get the coin to drop? Like, oh, we can deport these people? Okay, well, you know, First of all, if others do it, we can do it too. But if we can deport them, why can't we also then deport those people who hate our country or had done crimes or have raped our, our daughters or even our sons, right? You begin that process and, and show how easy it is. That's a good start. That's what I'm saying. But anyway, here's the Afghans living in Pakistan said to be deported. So they're doing it. If they can do it. We can do it. Anyway, short clip there for you, but that's uh, that's the point. Anyway, so uh, Glenn Beck, let's just uh, let's just play this. This is some uh, exciting stuff here. I don't know why I was born, but there is something about the state of Israel that connects deeply to me. To have the privilege to stand with the Jew is a tremendous honor, spiritually. So I want to read a letter that I wrote that I am sending to the state of Israel. (laughs) What the hell? To Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and the honorable officials at the state of Israel. In this moment, I have chosen to ask you for citizenship in the state of Israel. Ah. I have nothing to offer but my voice of support. And some might say that my support might be more valuable as an independent voice. Perhaps they're correct. But my request for citizenship is not about words. It is about deeds. Why, one might wonder, would I want to embrace a heritage and identity that is so ruthlessly hunted down again and again? Yet it is precisely during such moments that we must choose to stand. I anticipate no privileges or exemption from the state of Israel. I instead yearn to align myself with those willing to rise, to fight, and sacrifice for the fundamental right to live. Is this not what both Israel and America embody? In closing, my desire for dual citizenship does not stem from any expectation of gain, but from a deep-rooted belief in standing with what is right and true. Ten years ago, I took my children to Israel for the first time, but we first visited Auschwitz in Poland. I told them, you cannot understand Israel without the Bible or Auschwitz. May Israel remain an eternal flame of hope, a beacon of resilience, and a testament to the enduring human spirit. Uh, Beck. 
German stock back, right? <sighs> I don't know. What do, what do you what do you what do you even say? Right? What what what's what do you even say? <laughs> Dual, go have your citizenship. Sure, I'm sure that they, they won't. They don't want you because you're not a Jew. They'll use you, but you can't. You know, you can you can uh, you can stomp on the grape. You can help to squeeze the grapes. Uh, with your feet, but you won't be able to walk into the winery uh, glen because you're considered unclean and dirty, right? <laughs> Holy shit. Well, can we, uh, what do you convert? Go over there, fight for the IDF. Line up. Go ahead. Fight. Fight. <sighs> yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just stumped. I'll, I'll just leave that there for you. That's the extent of it. But yeah, it's, it's uh, as I said, a lot, it's, it's the Bible. It's the Holocaust. It's it's religious. It, it, no matter how you slice it, it's religious. It's faith. It's belief. <clears throat> it's not it's not truth and knowledge and accuracy and honesty and and really allegiance to your own people, to your own group, to your ethnic German roots. I would assume with the name Beck, or to America then, to 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 the the what we, heritage Americans? What are the what's the euphemism? White European Americans, white Americans? No, they're more excited about Israel and about Jewish people than they are about themselves, their own ethnic group, and their own country. Essentially, uh, it is incredible uh, to see. And you had it, you know. I think we'll skip it, but it's like this is the the extent now of of, of what's going on in our countries too with. Uh, I saw this clip with Ben Shapiro. Uh, Chaya Reitschik, right? The libs of TikTok, uh, Orthodox Jewish woman. Epic exchange between Ben Shapiro and the anti-Israel activist at Oxford University today. This highly educated student doesn't know basic history. Well, I think you can thank the Frankfurt School for that. I think you can uh, thank cultural Marxism at these universities for there. I think you can uh, blame wokeism, Chaya. I wonder what the roots of that is. We don't have to play it because it's just so dumb. It's it's basically it's a Jew and a Muslim fighting in England on on, on European soil over you know intra ethnic hyper specific interest uh, you know aligned to that ethnic group and and who's the more who's the moral superior one. That's essentially what it's about. That's multiculturalism for you right there as well. That's what it is. And of course you know. Bombing hospitals, not a problem. That's fine. They they deliberately bombed Gaza's largest, uh, sorry, a refugee camp. That's right, I forgot. There was a hospital last time. Now it's a refugee camp. Even if Hamas uh, commander was there, it's outrageous and indefensible. Uh, destroying Hamas command center after warning all civilians in the area to get out is correct. Hamas hides behind civilians. Should this grant them immunity? If so, you've created a massive incentive for them to hide behind civilians. That's all they can do. What, how, how can they not hide in behind anybody? It's the most densely populated strip on the planet. Many more civilians will die over time. Oh, th you should just have all the Hamas soldiers line up over here so they can just kill them all in one uh, you know, IDF strike. Even David Collier that we talked about earlier joined in. He didn't like that Pierce Morgan called us out. You're so predictable, Pierce. Of course the action is defensible. Of course we should bomb this refugee camp. Israel has a duty to make sure Hamas can never do what it did again. What do you mean? What do you mean? Uh, killing? Uh, you mean that Israel shot its own people to get to Hamas commanders? So they're all joining in. 
And here it is, right? Good and evil, Star Wars, Hollywood movies, Israel soldiers, uh, and Settler called for a war between good and evil and promised to bomb all the hospital and kill them all. I'm bombarding. I think we can do a lot more inside of Gaza. It's a fight between the good and the bad, the good and the evil. Light and darkness. The only innocent people that are in Gaza now are the 229 hostages that were taken. Once they will go back to Israel, we will bomb Shifa Hospital, all the They've hospitals, all the tunnels and kill them all. It's about time. The world knows that. There's no argue about that. We are the center of the world now. <laughs> Holy shit. There you go. We're the center of the world now. Yes, there you go. Anyway, I think we'll, uh, we'll, we'll end with that. What was the other one? Uh, oh, well, this is where the other Mossad said, Cheryl, get awesome. They want to throw the Jew down the well. Linking up that Sky News piece. All right, anyway, uh, Spiteful Mutants here. Wild Ghost says, our people are understanding and require our battle skills. War is coming. These fuckers are getting, uh, yeah, o 07, or slash, slash O, rather. Um, 72 AD again. Yeah, reference to the, the Roman... Uh, get, getting Hadrian, I guess is what you're saying again. Uh, Spiteful Mutant says, 72, was that the, that's the Bar Kokhba revolt, right? Was it a span of one year? Something like that. I think it was, right, wasn't it? Uh, Bar Kokhba revolt, and then you have the destruction of the temple uh, shortly after, essentially, like the clip said, right? Uh, thank you, Spiteful Mutants. Dershirushkar says, just say no to Zog. Indeed. Thank you. Okay. I think that's it for us. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, hope you enjoyed the show. Just a little quick uh, summation for you right there. Uh, hope you guys had a happy Halloween uh, and uh, enjoyed yourself if you uh, celebrated. Anyway, we'll be back with more here, of course. Uh, Friday is coming up next. Friday show, we do have actually 314. I'm trying to get that up uh, by tomorrow. A good interview from um, uh, uh, Brent Danger, School of the West. That will be linked up uh, tomorrow, so look out for that. Uh, in the meantime, please support our work. Sign up for a membership, RedEyesMembers.com. It's only 10 bucks a month. You can get it cheaper if you get a longer subscription. Check it out, RedEyesMembers.com, Subscribestar, or Odyssey. Also, a special thanks today to our executive producers, T. Lothrop Stoddard, V. Miller, Resin Revolt, Good Luck Lap, Jake, Red Pill Rundown, French 47, Mark Smith, No One Jeebs, President Ubunga, Mongoose, William Fox, Angry White Soccer Mom, The Second Wanderer, Operation Werewolf, The Ride Never Ends, Francis Parker Yaki, Jill Bob, Last Place Simp, Joseph Hart, Purple Haze. We also have Colin Marriott and Kami Combo Deal. Thank you guys. Also, our producers, Mr. Walker696, Johansson, Leroy Dumond, Snark Pup, Eyes Open, Mr. Lemry, Yuri New, Obadiah Hexwell, Perfect Brute, Single Action Army, and HB Lovecraft. Thank you guys. If you want to check one of those out, you can get a producer or executive producer tier uh, over at RedEyesMembers.com, Subscribestar, or Odyssey. Pretty simple. Helps us out as well. Get a shout-out at the end of the show. Get a little bit more. Uh, we want a little bit more input from you as well. Uh, if there's specific guests you want us to reach out to to try to get on the show, specific topics you'd like us to cover, things like that. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the update as we try to keep you uh, well informed of what's going on. And, of course, more importantly, Tell you the truth about what's going on and uh, tell you the background of why some of these things are happening. Well, most others are uh, spurging out and just reacting to something and saying, well, what uh, what happened? It's the Libs' fault again, you know, kind of thing. 
Uh, anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Make sure we're caught up. I think we are. All right. Back with more soon. Take care, everybody. Stay safe out there. Stay sane. And we'll see you on the next one. Take care. Thank you for watching. Go to RedIceMembers.com and sign up for our exclusive members content. Don't miss our latest shows, interviews, and other videos only for subscribers. You can also become a member by signing up at Subscribestar.com forward slash RedIce. Get full access and help support our work. See you on the other side.